we inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to the Core here on American Family Radio Network. Good to be with you today on the program. Another week uh, bringing you the news of the day and uh, talking about the core values that as believers we should hold to and also the core values of American Family Association, religious liberty, sanctity of human life, marriage and family, stewardship, just to name a few. Those are some of the core values here at AFA and American Family Radio. Uh, You're listening to AFA at the Core. I'm your host, Walker Wildman. I do want to jump into our scripture for today, and uh, then we'll get into some news topics and we we do have a guest in the second segment we'll talk about that in just a few minutes but we're in psalm chapter 51 for the week psalm chapter 51 david says in the first few verses here have mercy on me O god according to your steadfast love according to your abundant mercy blot out my transgressions wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. So David is appealing before the Lord, appealing to the Lord for God to blot out his transgressions, wash him from his iniquity, and cleanse his uh, spirit and cleanse him from his sin. So what we can uh, take away amongst many things today from this is that only the Lord has the Power, only God has the authority to forgive one's transgressions. Only the Lord has the ability, has the authority to wipe one's transgressions away. And now you say, well, can I forgive a brother? Can I forgive a sister? Can I forgive someone else? Yes, you can You can verbally forgive them. You can forgive them in your heart, but that doesn't wipe the sin away. That doesn't wipe the sin away uh, from the books, if you will. Only God has the ability through Christ and through the ultimate sacrifice, only God has the final authority to literally wipe away the transgressions of a believer. And so uh, that's what David's proclaiming here, um, and this is this is why Christ came. And isn't it isn't it amazing how even Old Testament writers like David are talking about blotting out transgressions, washing from iniquity, cleansing me from my sin, and that's exactly what Christ did. When he came, he he offered the ultimate sacrifice, and uh, and has the ultimate authority to forgive us of our sins. So uh, that's a, a reminder for us today. Only God has the ultimate authority 
to blot out our transgressions. Uh, moving on to um, some of the stories I want to get to today. By the way, our guest in the second segment is going to be Kevin McGarry. And uh, Kevin's the founder of Every Black Life Matters. It's an organization truly committed to fighting real racial issues across the nation. Uh, so we'll talk to Reverend uh, McGarry in the second segment um, about uh, some of the issues of the day. He's also got a new book out called uh, Woked Up uh, that we'll uh, talk about in the second segment. So, uh, but jumping into some of the stories I want to make sure we get to, you know, Congress, uh, th- these folks up in Washington, um, they run the most unsophisticated, chaotic, and unorganized operation probably in American history. Yes, the U.S. Congress and our federal government runs the most unsophisticated, unorganized, inefficient system in American history. I mean, there are like kindergarten classes that run smoother and that run... Uh, that are more sophisticated than than what our federal government does. And what I'm talking about here is this simple thing called a budget process. You know, it's something that hopefully most businesses and organizations have to work through. Hopefully most families have at least heard of the word budget. And if you're not actually doing this thing called budgeting, then you probably should be. Or you have so much money that it doesn't really matter. But even if you've got an abundance, shouldn't you still be a good steward of that abundance? And so Washington, D.C., listen to this. Listen to this this headline. Congress inches towards a government funding deal. Haven't we heard that headline before? Like every three months, they're they're doing some kind of budget. Like, like why can't you guys just do a budget once a year? No, no, no. We got to do a budget like six times a year. Uh, we can't do it all at once. It's uh, way more complicated than that, Walker. Don't you know? So um, <laughs> listen to this. The government will shut down on Friday, like like four to five days from now. The government will shut down on Friday if Congress fails to pass either an omnibus spending bill or a continuing resolution, which would keep spending at the same level. So the omnibus spending bill would total roughly 1.7 trillion and be thousands of pages long. So even if congressional leaders were to agree to something, they nobody would have time to read it after all. I mean, who reads a couple thousand pages mumbo jumbo budgetary language in 24 hours? Nobody does. At least they don't with a intention uh, to comprehend it, to understand it. But I, as I read this, you know, I, am I surprised? Absolutely not. I mean, we might as well have a bunch of like third graders in Washington running the country. It would probably actually get run better. Seriously, probably would. Um, because they would use common sense. They would use simple thinking, which is uh, sometimes a good thing. Um, but uh, Washington... You know, they got four days until our government shuts down, and they're, they're, they're just now starting to talk about a budget. They're just now starting to talk about a budget. But I, I would say that, you know, 
these folks, you know, they, they've, they've had a rough year. Uh, you know, I, I could go down the excuse-making route. Oh, they're just so busy. Poor fellas. They're just so busy. Oh, uh, don't you know so-and-so had a tragedy in their family? I mean, this is why they're late on the budget. Oh, don't you know that, uh, you know, America's, you know, uh, been at war? Uh, you know, that's why we're late on the budget. No, no, there's none of that. There's none of that. There's no reason. There's no excuse why we can't have a budget. And they do this on purpose, folks. They do it on purpose. I can say that with a with 100% certainty that these 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 clowns in Washington do this on purpose and they love it. You want to know why? Because it puts everybody in a squeeze, the pressure comes on and then they get to do stupid things. It's like it's like waiting until, you know, you got homework due in uh in 15 minutes, although you've had the homework for months and you knew it was due, but you wait until 15 minutes before the homework has to be submitted, and you and everybody around you, let's say it's a group project, y'all are all kind of sitting around and you've been ignoring the fact that you have homework <laughs> due for months, so you wait 15 minutes prior to the submission deadline, and then everybody starts scrambling to get it done. And you just, all you want to do is turn it in. Like, it doesn't matter what's in it. You don't even have to fill it out. Just turn the homework in so you can say, we turned the homework in. That's the way our government operates when it comes to this budgetary stuff. So we can spend, you know, weeks meddling in Ukraine and sending billions to Ukraine, but we can't even pass our own budget. Yeah, yeah, let's get this right. Let's get this right. We can make sure that Ukraine's budget is funded, but our own. Well, that's just going to have to wait. That's the story of Washington. We can make sure Afghan the war in Afghanistan that's been going on for 20 years, we can make sure that's funded. We can make sure that our quote-unquote climate agenda is funded. But, uh, but our own government funding, well, you know, we're just going to have to wait on that. We're just going to have to wait on that. No, 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 it's not that. They do this on purpose. And watch, they're going to pass something that's going to be a disaster, trillions of dollars. Nobody knows where it goes. Thousands of pages long, submitted 24 hours before deadline. And uh, everybody's going to be scrambling, and the media is going to do the you know the apocalyptic headlines. Government to shut down at midnight if, if spending bill is not passed. Shut down to be averted. They use all this apocalyptic language. It's the same stuff. Copy and paste from three months ago. But, you know... You wonder why Americans are pessimistic. You wonder why Americans are cynical about what goes on in Washington, D.C. is because of this kind of stuff. Because of this kind of stuff. I mean, how do you earn respect operating like this? How do you get taken serious? Even like small businesses or small organizations, like they've got to work on a budget for a minimum of weeks, if not months. But our own Congress starts talking about the budget deadline the week of. The week of. Terrible way to operate. Terrible way to run a country. Terrible way to run a business. Terrible way to run a family. Um, but that's the, that, that explains uh, Washington, D.C. And then I've got this other story uh, along the same lines of um, Janet Yellen. So so Secretary the, the Treasury Secretary 
Janet Yellen is saying now, you know, she's uh, the go-to for wisdom and advice and sound counsel. <laughs> she's telling us now, by the way, this is the same one that told us that inflation was transitory. This was over a year ago. Over 12 months ago, I played clips on this show of Janet Yellen saying, it was across the street in our old studio, that, that uh, inflation is transitory, just going to be here a couple months and it'll be gone. We're still dealing with eight to nine to ten percent inflation, and those numbers are slightly are are are, are slightly skewed because of how they form they they calculate them. It's completely different than how they did it in the eighties. But Secretary Yellen tells us today, you know, we're looking for sound advice, we're looking for wisdom, we're looking for someone who knows what they're talking about and has been here and done that and has rightly projected the future in the past. Well, that's Secretary Yellen for you. She says, don't worry, folks, inflation in, in 2023, inflation's going to rapidly decline. Inflation is going to rapidly decline in 2023. That's according to Secretary Yellen. So what's going to cause them to, quote, unquote, rapidly decline? Seriously. What's going to cause them to rapidly decline? Number one, will they rapidly decline? I have no idea. And it would actually be a little refreshing if somebody like Yellen, who also don't know, doesn't know what she's talking about, would say, you know, I don't really know. That's a good question. I have no idea. I got it wrong on inflation. Inflation's still here 12 months down the road. So well, let's just wait and see. But no, we can't do that. We got to act like we know what we're talking about. Um, so she says that... Um, then inflation will uh, rapidly decline. I'm interested what's going to cause it to rapidly decline because the same people are still in charge. The government's still printing money out the wazoo. They're actually kind of running out of paper and cotton. I'm joking. They're not literally running out. That would be a national emergency if we run out of, you know, fiat printing. But um, Yellen says, uh, CBS Nora O'Donnell goes to Yellen and says, look, Yellen, bring us the wisdom. Bring it to us. We want to know what's going to happen next year. And and these so-called journalists, they they look up to these leaders and they, and they keep looking to them for advice and counsel. And every time they get it wrong, they get it wrong every time. Why do we keep going back to the people who get it wrong? That's a question for every journalist. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. These words were shared between Cleopas and his companion on the seven-mile walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus as Jesus, in resurrected form, used the Hebrew scriptures to reveal himself to them as the Messiah. There are at least 109 distinct biblical prophecies the Messiah had to fulfill. The mathematical probability of such a feat occurring is astoundingly absurd, yet that absurdity is satisfied in Jesus, the Messiah. Come, let us adore Him. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner. For more, from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Tis the season to be jolly. Oh, and maybe a little greedy? If your girl is anything like other kids, the endless supply of toy catalogs and gift guides might have her Christmas list looking more like a store inventory list and less like a realistic wish list. This Christmas season, consider adopting a spirit of modesty when it comes to family gift giving. Some families find great success with the four gift rule, a want, a need, a clothing item, and a book to read. Teaching your girl the art of gift giving can be a great exercise in generosity, budgeting, and setting realistic expectations. With the saved money, you may even be able to donate to the needy in your area. Second Corinthians says God loves a cheerful giver, and that gift giving should come from the heart. Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. And it's true. The typical family switching to MediShare saves 500 bucks or more a month, which is obviously huge for a lot of people. But what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. There are 400,000 members. They've shared over $4 billion in medical bills, and it really is a great community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. And here's the thing. If you join MediShare Complete right now, they'll waive your new member fees, and you'll save an additional 10% off all of 2023. That's right. No fee to join, 10% off every month of next year, but it's a very limited-time offer. You have to sign up before December 31st. Great savings, great health care. Find out more. Call now, 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. Well, as we try to do each week, um, we try to bring you uh, and highlight individuals that are making an impact on our nation and uh, trying to expose the darkness and uh, bring light to different communities around the world and around this country. Uh, I do want to introduce our next guest, Reverend Kevin McGarry. He's the founder of Every Black Life Matters. That's an organization that he founded um, here in the U.S., and he's also author of a new book called Woke up and uh reverend mcgarry thanks so much for coming on afa at the core well it's just an honor and a privilege and a pleasure to be here with you guys i really appreciate you having me well uh, uh reverend mcgarry t- tell us a little bit about your organization when did you found it what caused you or led you to f- to found the organization and then we'll jump into your latest book excellent excellent so uh, let's talk about that a little bit so uh in 2020 we saw uh, the, uh, the, the the murder of George Floyd, and we saw the uh, outrage and the sorrow and the grief, and it was being expressed m- very differently across the country, but primarily we saw a lot of uh, your major metropolitan areas being targeted, uh, especially your urban communities, being targeted and fully destroyed by Black Lives Matter, BLM. And, uh, and we, we saw that there were a lot of uh, pastors as well, that that really uh, signed on and said, look, you know, to their parishioners, hey, let's go out and let's participate with this. Now, BLM was, uh, you know, it's well-founded. I mean, Abe Hamilton does an excellent job uh, fully exposing them, but uh, so far be it for me to say. But uh, at BLM, of course, was Marxist and 
and anti-family, anti-male, uh, anti-righteousness. Uh, and so we figured, well, look, you know, having pastors, uh, just listening to pastors, just they encourage their parishioners to go out and then put the BLM placards on their, their churches and this kind of thing. That was just a bridge too far for us. So uh, myself and my co-founder, Neil Mom, and uh, Neil, of course, is a great friend of the network as well. Um, uh, we decided to start Every Black Life Matters. We're a righteous and faithful alternative for BLM. Now, some people would say, well, aren't you still dividing us? Don't, you know, you're just strictly focusing on black life. And uh, actually, the statement is not a statement of superiority. The statement is a statement of equality. What we mean by that is if you put T-O-O at the end of it, uh, it makes more sense to you. Every black life matters, too. And the reason why we're saying two is because, uh, you know, black life has been targeted by Planned Parenthood. Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, said, look, we don't want the word to get out, but we want to fully exterminate the Negro population, her exact quote. And so uh, because of that, you have Planned Parenthoods within walking distance of uh, uh, upwards of 90 percent of all black and brown communities across the country. So what we're really focusing in on is, look, uh, every black life matters, too, because all lives matter. Every life matters. God is not a respecter of, of persons. And so because all lives matter, let's stop targeting blacks for extermination and let's let's allow blacks to be born at the same rate that every other ethnicity is. And so that's the point. Well, uh, t- t- talk about your, your new book, Woked Up. How does this tie in to, to the wor- work you guys are doing over there at this organization and, uh, and your work and ministry around the country? Yeah, so, so one of the things that was disconcerting about our times that we're in right now is we're hearing a lot about white Christian nationalists, white supremacists, white privilege, and all of this kind of stuff, um, and really being castigated from people who would identify as being woke. And so i I can only write under inspiration of spirit. So uh, I felt a, a nudge from Holy Spirit saying, okay, I need you to write again. This is my fifth book, by the way, and it's all been written. All my books have been written by, uh, uh, by divine inspiration. So anyway, um, I, I, I said, okay, well, let's take a look at the woke movement and um, started to do some work in that and looking at Marx. Everybody understands that Karl Marx and Marxism is the fun foundation and the roots of, of wokesters. And so, I started there, and then I felt Holy Spirit said, no, 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 no. Uh, Marx had a mentor and a protege, uh, you know, somebody who, who he protegeed under. You need to start with that person. And after doing a little bit of research and Marx and Engels, all their early books were dedicated to Charles Robert Darwin. Well, when you look at Darwin, his first book was on natural selection. And it says, uh, you know, part of the subtitle was for the preservation of most favored races. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. You go into a second book, The Descent of Man, and Darwin fully then – uh, confirms what he meant by that. He says, look, you know, we white, uh, European, Caucasian, you know, we have the intellectual capacity well beyond any other ethnicity. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But this is fundamentally what his uh, Descent of Man uh, was talking about. And then he says, look, we need to protect our lineage, our heritage, uh, because we're much more resourceful than any other ethnicity as well. He says, by the way, uh, if you look at blacks, you could see my evolutionary theories in practice because blacks are subhuman gorillas, wow. apes, and savages. So there you go. And so if you want to know where white supremacy started, where it was actually literally given uh, distinction, uh, it started with Darwin. He's the taproot. 
And uh, if you want to understand where racism started in its modern context, where blacks are, are continue to have to fight tropes of being, you know, animalistic gorillas, apes, and that kind of stuff, started with Darwin. Mm. And uh, and so that's what this book does. I mean, it fully footnotes everything, gives you all private letters. It, it fully connects the whole woke movement to white supremacy and racism. So isn't it ironic that this, the people who are pointing at at, uh, at others, disparaging and, and, and doing these uh, sort of uh, crazy remarks about how white supremacists and privileged and racist others are, they're literally, by definition, and they cannot escape it. It is by definition, folks. They are literally the ones who are in full embrace of uh, white supremacy and racism. Well, Reverend, this is this is the problem with with denying God and having this humanistic approach to life. Is uh, you, you as as uh, when you deny God and uh, and the truth that all men and women are created in the image of God. Well, then that yes. that that allows you, if you will, to be the arbiter of whose life is valuable and whose is not, and uh, what who's going to contribute more to society, and uh, so on and so forth. Very very dangerous path to uh, to go down. Absolutely, it's dangerous, and and so for the, the at, so that so Marx, I mean, excuse me, so Darwin fully in, instantiated white supremacy and racism in our current context. Then he went further. His first cousin was Francis Galton. They are the fathers of eugenics. Literally, Marx, or excuse me, Darwin and his first cousin Francis Galton started. The eugenics movement, eugenics is actually a Greek term, it means well-born. They literally started it out of whole cloth. In other words, there was no scientific justification, there was nothing, nothing, nothing behind it, other than they were white supremacists and racists, and they wanted to make sure that they preserved pure white, Caucasian, Aryan, European-type lineage. And they saw that other uh, ethnicities around the world were populating at much greater rates. So they decided, look, uh, let's start this eugenics thing, and this will give the ability for people who are not well-born to be uh, exterminated. Well-born, then, was not only those who had maybe some you know, defects at birth, but well-born meant that any other ethnicity other than European white Caucasians could be summarily exterminated. It was that justification that gave uh, Hitler... Uh, you know, his justification, quote unquote, to do what he did to the Jews and to the Slavs and et cetera. And then, of course, he uh, Lenin, Stalin, Mao, all of them pointed to Darwin. So it's important that people understand that, you know, hey, I'm pro-choice, you know, women's right to choose and this and that. OK, if you want to fully embrace that and if you're pro-abort, here's the thing, you must then fully embrace that you are. By definition, not in a homonym, you are a white supremacist and a racist. You support it. Yeah, cause that's, because that's that's where that's where this all originated. That's where this all originated. Exactly. Yeah. That's why it was created. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and what's what's yeah. so astonishing, Reverend, and, and really not astonishing in the day and age we live, with uh, right being called wrong and wrong being called right, but Planned Parenthood and Margaret Sanger, their founder, this was their thing, like this was their ideology and why they were founded 
And they're still around in America, in woke America 2022, but they're not only just still around, they're getting government funding. Absolutely. I'll go even further. This book will give everyone all they need to know about the woke movement and about connecting the dots and about Marxism and about all of that. Uh, It gives them all the footnotes for Darwin and Planned Parenthood. Uh, Here's the thing. Um, We have our children who, you know, our school boards around the country are saying, hey, we're just going to protect your children. We're trying to get all the white supremacy and racism out. Okay, very good. We take these quotes from Darwin. We take these quotes from Margaret Sanger, who was infamously said, look, we don't want the word to get out, but we want to fully exterminate the Negro population. That was her business plan and justification for starting Planned Parenthood, folks. So we we take those things to our school board and we say, look, uh, you have a partnership with Planned Parenthood today. Uh, This is what they said. This is why they exist. This is what they're doing. Uh, we, we give you 30 days to tell us how you're going to end the relationship with Planned Parenthood. Now, it's okay if the school board or the, the, the school uh, you know, uh, district wants to have a relationship with uh, uh, you know, other types of health clinics, but this Planned Parenthood stuff is too far. And also, we want you to explain how you're going to get rid of Darwin and his evolutionary theories, which are clearly racist and white supremacist. Uh, we want you to confirm to us that that's being uh, that that you're stopping to teach that, and confirm to us uh, how you're going to fully extract that from our children's curriculum. If we're sincere, folks, about white supremacy and racism, uh, we must start with what's being taught our children, uh, K through 16. Um, K through 16, Darwinism is throughout. Okay, and we need to change that. This is our way to do it. Very fascinating stuff, Reverend, and this is all in your book, Woked Up. Hey, tell our audience uh, where they can uh, purchase this book and order it. Yeah, so I would encourage everyone, anyone, to go to to Amazon. It has all five stars. I mean, it's been really lauded and applauded across the country and around the world, actually. There's some people in Europe who actually commented on it as well. So uh, go to go to uh, go to Amazon. It's it's Woked Up. The subtitle is Finally Putting an Axe to the Taproot of white supremacy and racism in America. But if you just type in Woked Up with McGarry, M-C-G-A-R-Y, you go right to the book. It takes you about two days to get the book. And uh, it, it is really illuminating. It's a must-read, really, if you want to come against the cultural tide that we're currently fighting. Absolutely. Hey, appreciate it, Reverend McGarry. Thanks so much for coming on. Keep up the good work. Keep exposing darkness, shining the light. And uh, thanks so much. God bless you. Thank you for having me. All right. Appreciate that. Uh, that's Reverend Kevin McGarry. And he's author of the new book, Woked Up, W-A-O-W-O-K-E-D, rather, uh, Woked Up. And uh, you can find that on Amazon. Also, his website, uh, the book's there as well, everyblm.com, everyblm.com. And, of course, we'll link to this on our podcast page at AFR.net. Well, one thing I did want to mention before I let the show get too far gone uh, from a time standpoint um, is our charitable gift annuity here at American Family Association and our AFA Foundation. So just last week, I had on my sister-in-law, Chelsea Wildman. She's the associate director of our AFA Foundation. Uh, my, my sister, Riley Wildman, uh, is, the, is the director there at our AFA Foundation. But they have a great product, um, and it's called a charitable gift annuity. And the reason I call it a product is because you actually get something in return. Uh, charitable gift annuity is the name of the product, and this is a way for you to invest in the work of American Family Association 
uh, but also ensure that you have permanent income uh, for the rest of your life. So that's what the charitable gift annuity does. And if you want to talk to the experts, of which I'm not, you know, I joked earlier about, you know, Janet Yellen and all these people who get it wrong all the time when they try to talk about stuff they don't know about. Well, I'm going to I'm going to take my own advice and I'm going to tell you how to get in contact with the uh, experts over at our AFA Foundation. You got any questions? You want to know how the taxes work? You know, how to file this on your taxes? What's my income rate going to be when I decide to start drawing from this charitable gift annuity? How does this go into my whole retirement plan? All those answer uh, questions can be answered uh, by calling our AFA Foundation. The uh, URL is afafoundation.net, 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 or you can email foundation at afa.net. Very simple. Just email foundation at afa. Dot net and someone from the AFA Foundation team will get back to you. And uh, if you get the charitable gift annuity wrapped up and and finalized by the end of the year, then uh, you can write that off uh, on your 2022 taxes. That's uh, afafoundation.net or email foundation at afa.net. Um, we, uh, uh, a couple things before we uh, end this segment. Um, we do have uh, the video up. We're live streaming the show today, AFA at the Core, on our streaming platform, streaming.afa.net. We're also on Facebook, AFA at the Core's Facebook page. We're live streaming the audio and the video there. And then uh, lastly, we push out the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And that's just a great way to keep up with the show because what you can do with the podcast is whatever platform you use, whether it be a on your mobile device, like an Apple, Android, whether you're over on Spotify. We're on all these different platforms, but all you got to do is subscribe, and then uh, the, the, the latest episode will be queued up for you to listen on whatever podcast platform you choose to use. So make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't miss an episode. Stay up to speed on what's going on in our country, what you can do to fight back and how our values, the values displayed in the, in the Bible, in the Word of God, how those values can and should impact our culture. AFA at the Core, I'm Walker Wild, and we got another segment left. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a few minutes. AFA Resource Center has all your favorite items. Everything from books, movies, shirts, and even hats. Introducing AFA's polyester and twill hats, starting at just $18. Whether you're into fashion, a collector, or you're just having a bad hair day, these hats are just what you need. You can buy one for yourself or a friend. Purchase your AFA hat today at resources.afa.net. 
What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA believes that all men and women, whether in private or public, should be free to exercise their faith without hindrance from the government. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. The credit card debt happened when my daughter was born. I was using one credit card account to roll over into another credit card account, and it was snowballing. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. When I first called Trinity, the representative understood the need based on the situation. There were great people to work with. From the first phone call that I made, they had me on a track to mitigate the credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Welcome to Apologetics with Carl Kirby. We're talking about the Cambrian Explosion. And remember, that refers to the layer of rock that shows massive amounts of diverse, fully formed fossils with no transitional forms in the rock layers just beneath. These creatures appear suddenly just like the Bible account claims. In a stunning admission, Charles Darwin stated, if it could be demonstrated that any complex organ existed, which could not possibly have been formed by numerous successive slight modifications, my theory would absolutely break down. In other words, Darwin is saying that if there were fully formed organisms without any transitional forms to precede them, which there is, then the theory of evolution completely falls apart, which it does. It makes more sense to believe that all things were created by him and for him, as Colossians 1 says. So, what did Darwin say when no transitional forms were discovered in his lifetime? Well, we'll address that next time. For more resources, go to hopetools.net and stay bold. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the last segment of the Core. Walker Wildman here with you. Our previous guest was Reverend Kevin McGarry, author of the new book, Woked Up. And uh, we've linked to all that information on the Reverend on our podcast page at AFR.net, AFR.net. You know, uh, I was talking to Bobby during the break. This um, this whole Twitter fiasco is quite fascinating. And, uh, man, Elon Musk is releasing anything and everything um, about Twitter and their previous decision-making skills or the previous decision-making on various topics. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I was telling Bobby, I just don't know how – these companies get away with this this shady the shady business practices that they're engaged in because uh, we we found we found out in recent weeks you know <clears throat> we've got the Hunter Biden laptop story and we found out how Twitter worked overtime literally to make sure that story didn't see the light of day meddled in the election because that was a major election story by the way 
meddled all in the election of 2020. Then uh, today you've got uh, the the most recent release of the Twitter files is what Musk is calling it. Talking about how they they banned, they deplatformed the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. And they did so even though their own team admitted that he didn't violate anything in their terms of use. And so my question for the attorneys of the world, how how can a business pride itself and, and sell itself to the public and its shareholders as a public platform as a as a platform that any and everyone can use so long as they don't violate the specific terms of service but yet the platform meddles around in anything and everything that that the users are doing and then deplatforms them even though they haven't violated anything like there, there's got to be some kind of consumer practices law out there that forbades this type of con- uh, of corporate behavior. Um, but who knows? Um, maybe someone will bring forth some kind of suit. Although I really don't want him to go after Musk, the new owner, because he's doing some pretty good work uh, at, at revealing what all went on there. And you know what's fascinating is – during the Trump administration and, and during, uh, you know, various times when conservatives or uh, people who are freedom-loving are in charge, they, the left and, and the media and, and all the, and the, and the, and the major tech platforms, they're all about, you know, we need transparency. We need transparency. Release the transcript. That's what they told Donald Trump about his call with the Ukrainian president, Zelensky. Oh, does that name sound familiar? Yes, he is. He is eating mine and your tax dollars today. Zelensky is eating our tax dollars. We're, did you know we're funding all of Ukraine's government? Yep, 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 yep. We're uh, funding all of Ukraine's government and we're bailing them out. Yes, it has nothing to do with the war. We are We are funding their government and paying all of their debt. Much of the debt was held even before the war started. So ultimately, what are we supporting over there? <laughs> I'll tell you what we're supporting, Bobby. We're supporting one of the biggest money laundering, laundering operations, operations ever. in yeah. world history. No question. The money's going to Ukraine. Ukraine's getting their cut, and then the rest is coming back to the States. Or it may be going down to the Bahamas, depending on where the LLC set up. Um, but I think FTX is a prime example of that. Um, and folks, if if um, if you say, well, that sure is cynical, Walker. Well, I'll say, well, have you not been reading the news? Right. <laughs> I mean, this stuff's been going on for decades. Why are we surprised? Why are we surprised? Read up on the Clinton Foundation. Read up on the Clinton Global Initiative. I mean, all, read up on Bill Gates. I mean, half of the stuff they do is an absolute sham and is not rooted and based in anything in reality. And the money keeps flowing, folks. The money keeps flowing. Um, look at, uh, look at our illegal immigration. Look at all these Catholic charities that are set up and the millions that are flowing through them. I mean, that, that follow the money. That's the old saying. And, uh, that definitely applies on the Ukraine saga. But where was I at, Bobby? Where was I at? I seem to always get sidetracked. No, you stay. It's, it's just misappropriation of funds. You know, we're, 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 we're funding Ukraine to the hilt. Yes. We, we've taken care of their government. There's. 
evidence to the biolabs and so on and so forth that certain three-letter agencies have created way back in the day. And quite frankly, they don't want that apple cart upset. Yeah, So exactly. So I do have a clip along this, this line. And uh, if you're accusing me of, of uh, taking rabbit trails, I do take them pretty often. Um, even if I don't see a rabbit or a trail, I'll take it anyway. Um, we got clip two here. So uh, Anthony Fauci has um, testified before Congress on multiple occasions, and he said explicitly that that the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, and their sub-agencies have not, do not, will not fund gain-of-function research, gain-of-function research. Let's listen to this beautiful montage of Fauci saying that NIH doesn't, will not, has not funded gain-of-function research, but yet the NIH admits they do, in fact, fund gain-of-function research. We, I, I don't know how many times I can say it, Madam Chair. We did not fund gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. In our health lead, we now know that a bat coronavirus was enhanced in a lab. NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute. The National Institutes of Health acknowledged that it funded research of a virus that was studied at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The experiment unexpectedly, we're told, made a bat coronavirus more contagious than the original naturally occurring one. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. A new letter raising questions about experiments in a Wuhan lab. What was, let me finish. Take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans. You're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah, that is correct. And and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. (laughs) And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. For years, the National Institutes of Health provided grant money to the Equal Health Alliance Research Group, which conducted experiments with bat coronaviruses in Wuhan, China. And if anybody is lying here, Senator, it is you. That's where you are getting. Let me finish. We don't know. Well, we don't wait know a minute. It didn't I come can... from the lab, but all the evidence is pointing that it came from the lab. You... And there will be responsibility for those who funded the lab, including yourself. National Institute of Health admitted this week that it funded controversial <laughs> gain-of-function research using coronaviruses at a lab in China at the epicenter of the pandemic. Contradicting claims from Dr. Anthony Fauci that American tax dollars never paid for that kind of research. I have not lied before Congress. I have never lied Certainly not before Congress. Case closed. <laughs> Bobby, That's beautiful. Bobby, you know what I think about when I hear that clip? I think about Clinton's famous words. Mm. What did, did Clinton say? Did Clinton say, I haven't touched that woman or I don't know that woman? I did not. I did have... not have <laughs> sex with that woman. Okay. That's when Fauci's talking, I, I hear I hear Clinton. I hear Clinton in the background. Well, and, it depends on what the definition of is is <laughs> folks the 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 in it, it's been confirmed the grant documents have already been released years a year ago or more 
Um, and, and people that were actually in the lab doing the, the, the meddling with the bats, which do these folks not have anything better to do? I mean, does our government not have anything better to do? We're, we're offering up grants so people can, can use utensils on bats and needles on bats in a lab in Wuhan, China. Like what a waste of time. Well, how big of a scandal would it be if we found out that the same virus that killed tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Americans the last three years was actually bought and paid for by American tax dollars? What kind of scandal would that be if the same virus that's been percolating America for the last three years was the same virus that Fauci and his crew offered up grants for and funded. And then, oops, it got out of the lab. Oops, it got out of the lab. But not only did it get out of the lab in China, which is like pretty much 95% certain, everybody's pretty much 95% certain that's what happened. Former Director of National Intelligence, uh, John Radcliffe, said said as, as much. Um. Look, who are we kidding? I mean, what's the statistical probability? And maybe somebody will run these numbers. What's the statistical probability of a of a of a altered bat virus, which is what this is? I mean, you look at the symptoms, this stuff is weird. Altered smell, long covid, altered taste. I mean, this stuff is not quote-unquote normal stuff. So you've got an altered bat virus, but what's the statistical probability of an altered bat virus being leaked or being released or being spread or originating from the same city that there's a a biological uh, uh, lab meddling around with bats? I mean, tell me, you run the numbers on, okay, how many labs in the world Metal in the coronavirus and 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 mess around with bats in the lab, and then how many of them? Where are all they located? And then how many of them get U.S. funding? And then, then you narrow down that that it came from Wuhan, which is one of the cities where they got the labs. So so you have that. How big of a scandal that would be? So that's the initial scandal. But then the other scandal is, once it does get released, everybody in the federal government starts working overtime to make sure we don't find out where it came from and our quote-unquote trade and economic ally, China, our chief adversary, actually, they work overtime and overtime and overtime to make sure that there's no trace of where that virus came from. Absolutely no trace of where that virus came from. That is the scandal. That is the scandal. And uh, just like the Supreme Court investigation into who leaked the Supreme Court draft earlier this year, well, that's that's been six to eight months. Let, let's talk about this bat virus that got out of the lab. Well, that's been three years, and we still don't know. We still have zero answers. Well, they'll say, well, uh, well, there's a, a 75% chance that it, that it uh, leaked out of the lab. No, no, no. I want a 100% chance. All right? Because 
We can know who all was at the Capitol on J6 because we do this dragnet surveillance. We've got the NSA involved. We know that they don't just know that you were at, on Capitol grounds on January 6th. They know exactly within like three feet where you were when you were on the Capitol grounds. They can place you at doorways. They can place you by officers. They do all this sophisticated work over time, invest billions of dollars to know and track you and me and know everything about our lives, much, is a very, much of which is illegal. But, but we don't know where the virus came from. But we don't know. We have no idea where the virus came from. You think we believe that? I mean, what are we, stupid? They know everything about everybody, and they know enough to go back on Brett Kavanaugh's yearbook from 40 years ago or 30 years ago. But we don't know where the virus came from. One of the biggest probable scandals in world history from a health and a medical and a, and a, and a, and a widespread pandemic standpoint but we don't know where it came from. We don't know where it came from. I mean, this is like this is like we're watching a, a, like a I don't know some kind of series that's just like every time you you know that you know the shows you watch where every time you turn the corner, the actors are making terrible decisions. Like they go into the dark room with no lights by themselves, even though the backup's on the way in five minutes. But they've got to go in. We got to go in. This is like our our leaders. They they, they are those people. And we're all, all the all of America sitting on the couch watching this saga play out, and we're all going, "Don't go in that dark room by yourself. That's a terrible idea. Wait on backup. Wait on the people with the guns and the flashlights. Nope, they got to go in. We got to go in. We can't wait. And then the terrible ending. And we're going. I don't know if I can watch this show anymore because they keep making terrible decisions. Well, that's me. I don't know if I can watch this show anymore in America because our leaders keep making the terrible decisions. AFA at the core, glad you joined us today. Hey, don't forget our AFA Foundation. I talked about it earlier in the show. But if you want to give a charitable gift annuity or you've never heard of a charitable gift annuity and you want to find out more, go to afafoundation.net, afafoundation.net. Do so before the end of the year if you want to get a tax break. AFA at the core. See you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.